Welcome to Unmuted Unmastered, I'm Will and this is the internet's slushiest music podcast. On the show this week I'm joined by James. Hello. And Elle. Hiya. In this episode we're reviewing the new album from Katie Kirby. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about but first the news. James, what have you got for us this week? Uh, This week um, I have TikTok's deal with UMG has expired. Um, it's expired on the 31st of January, which was the deadline to reach a new deal, and a, re- a deal was not reached. Um, so that means artists like Taylor Swift, The Weeknd, Olivia Rodrigo, and many, many more are no longer on TikTok, basically. Uh, UMG have said TikTok wanted to pay a fraction of the rate other social media sites pay for access to uh, UMG's songs. TikTok responded, obviously. Um, it is sad and disappointing that Universal Music Group um, has put their own greed above the interest of their artists and songwriters. Despite Universal's false narrative and rhetoric, the fact is that they have chosen to walk away from the powerful support of a platform with well over, with well over a billion users that serves as a free promotion and discovery vehicle for their talent. Wow. Powerful words from TikTok. So th- this does mean existing videos with these um, artist songs will be muted and you can't create new videos with these songs unless they are like unofficial clips. Uh, I don't know what you call them. You call them as something specific. I can't remember. But um, unofficial clips of the music that like sped up or reversed or whatever, they'll still be up because they're not official. I, I do wonder why, like, the algorithm is not catch, picking up on those. I'm sure they do have an algorithm that picks up on these things like YouTube does. Or maybe it doesn't, in the dark about that one. But this also includes artists' official pages. So you can imagine if an artist is under UMG, all of their stuff, promotional stuff on TikTok is just... I don't know if it's all gone or it's just muted. But, yeah, that's a thing. There are some exceptions for specific artists under UMG. Like some of their songs might be used in um, a film, which has been published by another company. So I think there's a Billie Eilish song, um, which is in Barbie. And Barbie was published by uh, Warner. So yeah, that's still up. But a lot of her other songs are not there. So yeah, it's just two massive giants having a little bit of a argument. I don't know. I may. I feel like there's gonna have to be some agreement at some point. Um, but maybe it will just stay like this. It's just like it seems weird that like these massive artists are not just not gonna have their music on TikTok. Well, they they will have it on the TikTok on TikTok, but not necessarily officially. Um, but yeah, it also there's there's smaller artists under UMG as well, um, and they they kind of get a lot of their promotion through platforms like this. So that is worrying for them. A lot of songs go viral through through this um, route. So yeah, yeah, a lot of the music on TikTok has now gone. TikTok's comment does make me chuckle. <laughs> it's so so melodramatic calling yeah. them <laughs> putting their own greed above the interests of their artists and songwriters 
like, and they don't deny the claim that they're offering less than other social media platforms. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like that's probably true. And they're basically just trying to hardball. I mean, they're saying it in the comment, right? We serve as a free promotional and discovery vehicle for your talent. So you'd better let us pay you nothing to use it and <laughs> keep drawing users to our platform. It's just like, just nonsense. <laughs> um, yeah, if you if you want people's content, pay them. I mean, it's not even fairly. Pay them something, you know, rather than a, you know, whatever fraction of a cent or penny that, that I'm sure they're offering at the moment. But yeah, it seems like UMG are the the big publisher that's really throwing their weight around in terms of these things, I think. And I I don't have an article to back me up right now, but I think it was they were one of the big ones pushing for this extra payment for spatial audio on Apple. And people are saying that they, they UMG are one of the ones that's kind of driven that. So yeah, it seems like they're kind of throwing their weight around in terms of getting what they want and royalties and stuff uh, in various different places. So I guess this fits that kind of game plan that they seem to be running. Yeah, it's quite, it, I guess, like, encouraging to see a big name like that doing that kind of thing because although I doubt they're doing it like from a purely altruistic perspective of like all artists should be paid, it's probably because, you know, they want, the, the deal wasn't, profitable for them but you know the knock-on effect is that hopefully there will tiktok will have to do something because that's such a significant change to the platform that there might hopefully be some sort of trickle down effect where actually there is a shift and artists do get kind of rightfully compensated for what is still streaming of their music albeit in like short clips or, or things like that so you know it's not like taylor swift is like suffering financially because tiktok's not paying her do you know what i mean like but i think it's yeah there's there's kind of a hope that actually if this if those bigger artists use their name and their power to enact some form of change i'm kind of hopeful that that could be a good thing i mean i'm not super hopeful that it'll be like a really dramatic change and suddenly all artists will be fairly paid but, you know, we take progress where we can get it. I'm not sure I'm convinced that this is going to be progress. I think like UMG's deals with streaming services and everyone else, it's going to benefit them and them alone. And I mean, particularly looking at the, the kinds of deals that they're, they're supposedly have with the streaming services, it probably means them taking a bigger portion of an equally sized pie. And then it kind of leaves other artists to have actually have less <laughs> so i don't don't know that it's really going to be positive it's going to be positive for their artists at least i think but yeah probably not good in general whether you want to be on the more optimistic and possibly naive train of thought <laughs> or the more pessimistic and probably realistic side right let's get on to our review for this week we're looking at blue raspberry by Katie Kirby, released on the 26th of January 2024 on Anti. It's the Tennessee-based artist's sophomore record. It's 11 tracks long and 38 minutes. Adam Bissett on Bandcamp reviews the album saying, Brilliant, beautifully crafted words and music, a sophomore album, but definitely not sophomoric. 
There you go. There's the Bandcamp review for this week. What did we think of this album? James, do you want to kick us off? Brilliantly put, Adam. If I had one word of, for this album, I would call it lovely. Like, the music is just so lovely. I, w I won't get into the lyrics yet, but the lyrics are kind of not so lovely, but the music is lovely. And in a way that you could be listening to this album in the background, or you can have it, uh, you could be having focused listening, and it's good both ways. It's just that the it, the instrumentation and the vocals are so delicate, they're so beautiful, and everything kind of just works really well together. It's a really comforting album to listen to. It's an easy listen, but it's not lacking substance. I found that I could pick out lyrics on those more casual listens, whereas some other albums this year, I haven't been able to do that because of how it's mixed or how it's sung or just what the lyrics are. But I feel like I've, I've been able to pick things out, yeah, in an easy manner. The lyrics do feel more mature than some of the album, other albums we've listened to. Uh, you really get the sense of the feelings that she's had through the relationship or relationships that she uh, sings about throughout the album. She talks about the struggles and the bad moments, which but you really feel them. Um, she doesn't flat out say things, oh, that was horrible, but she describes it and breaks it down in a way that implicitly says certain things. But there are like simpler metaphors too, which are original and they just, they just, they just sound good. <laughs> I think a nitpicky criticism is maybe that it stays at this one level a lot of the time. But I don't think it's, I say nitpicky because I don't, I think that's what it's trying to be really. Um, it does ha it does actually have variety throughout some songs. Some songs do have a little bit more energy and some don't. It's just like, it's not a massive span of energy. Uh, but I, I like the area that it's in. I like the range that it is in. It does it really well. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed this album. I really enjoy, I really enjoy the prospect of listening to it more this year because it's just so lovely to listen to. Elle, what did you think? I also really, really enjoyed this album. There, yeah, like, like you said, James, it, it does just feel really lovely. And there is, like you said, that kind of option to take where you can just have it on and not necessarily engage with the lyrics and just enjoy what is quite a, a kind of leisurely sound, which feels comforting and is nice on the ear. But it's not it's not boring. There's still enough happening where you're like, oh, this is going to keep me engaged. And then when you kind of delve into the lyrics, there's there's so much there that I really really loved it. I think she has a really skillful way of combining imagery and metaphor and that kind of more, I guess, fanciful language with more grounded language. So you get this kind of interplay, which means that you're not there like oh god I need a translation of what the lyrics mean but you're also not like oh it's very rudimentary it, she strikes a really nice balance and it then is lovely to kind of pick apart and hear but also I think really accurately depicts what she's trying to say 
And I think that's aided as well by her vocals. Her vocals are so clear. Um, it's really gorgeous to hear them. She has a really lovely vocal tone that I think is paired well with the arrangements, um, particularly, you know, some of the kind of piano moments or the slower, like more acoustic-y moments. I think it's all mixed really well. Um, so again, it kind of goes back to, it's just a nice one to listen to it. it there's nothing jarring on the ear at any point, um, which makes it quite relaxing. But then, yeah, like you mentioned, James, there are some lyrics where you're like, oh, actually that's a bit, well, I guess like, like the subject matter is perhaps more jarring. But that's quite nice that you kind of can lean into that and delve into more of that or you can kind of take a step back if you're perhaps not emotionally ready to to engage with that <laughs> at that time. But yeah, I, th I think it's a really well thought out album as well. I enjoyed, there's a kind of recurring motifs across the record, which I really liked. I think the flow is really lovely and there's almost... There's a, it feels quite confessional. There's almost like a, I kept kind of thinking of like Fiona Apple and the likes where there's that kind of very authentic voice coming through um, in a way that feels quite profound without being pretentious, which, yeah, I think, I think she just captures the feelings really, really well. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. I think it's yeah, to use your word again, James, just a really lovely album. I largely agree with most of what's been said already. I think, yeah, all of the songs seem to be incredibly well written. There are great lyrics that jump out even on the first lesson, um, not, not kind of, well, paying attention to the lyrics, but not diving deeper. It's, there's still moments where I just thought, oh, that, that's a wonderful turn of phrase or that's an interesting thing to be doing. And yeah, Elle, like you mentioned, the repeating motifs add to it, the repeating phrases as well, and using that phrase in different ways across the album I really liked. Um, sonically, I liked that each of the songs seems to have their own elements, and uh, and yeah, the, the arrangements are at times quite sparse, but that leaves a lot of space for the vocals to be nice and clear. Um, but there is enough going on behind it to make mean that the songs don't feel like just a vehicle for her voice there is something else going on in terms of criticisms i felt like maybe it was a bit front-loaded in terms of energy like a lot of the more upbeat stuff happens at the beginning but i think that might just be a kind of an early listen issue where actually once i get used to the songs a bit more after having listened more than just the few times i have this week i'll kind of have that sense of the rhythm of it and i'll be able to get into the slower songs a bit more the only real like proper criticism I'd have is that the sound of the whole album doesn't have a unique feel for me. So obviously her voice sounds great and the each of the individual tracks sounds good. But if you take away the the lyrics or the vocals, I'm not sure that there's anything to make the songs like recognizably Blue Raspberry or recognizably Katie Kirby. They have a lovely like kind of like people have been saying kind of calm americana feel to them but there's nothing there's no kind of sonic through line of the record for me like that it, it's quite hard to explain like that there's a cohesion to it but the thing that would get it for me to that next level is that kind of doing something a bit different and making it feel like something i've never heard before beyond just it being lyrically beautiful and well crafted if that makes sense 
and yeah, if albums come and dethrone this in my mind this year, it's it'll be because of that. It'll be like thinking back to last year, an album like Young Father's Heavy Heavy, where it, it hits on the lyrical side and the sonic side as well, doing something really different and interesting. Whereas this one sonically sounded great, but didn't push the boat out so much, which is fine because it's it in some ways is trying to just kind of help you get to the lyrics, but I think it could have maybe pushed a little bit more in that direction. Yeah, I I, I think I kind of largely agree with that. I think there are some songs which sound a, a bit a bit different in my ears, like when I listen to them, uh, and one of them was track four hand to hand which it's yeah it's kind of similar tone of other tracks but it has this more like hypnotic dreamy tone to it It had these vocals which sounded hypnotic with just like how how they were held and then like a light synth maybe i'm not really sure what it was um and the general swaying of the sound it yeah it felt really hypnotic felt dreamy it felt just a little bit strange um and I enjoyed the tune percussion as well, which I don't think I heard in other songs in the album. Yeah, and lyrically as well, uh, one line I picked out, or a couple of lines, must have been such an awful night, what I can't remember won't hurt me, thank God in advance I'm already forgetting. Um, and that's one That's one of an example, like, yeah, it's not most in-depth in depth lyric, but it's a hard-hitting lyric, you know. It's like... Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm listening. But yeah, it, it make it makes you it makes you feel the music, um, despite having a kind of like a weird sound. Yeah, I think um, you touched on that lyric there, which uh, comes at the end of the song, and I think that's something that I picked up on. Is that quite a lot of the closing lyrics she chooses feel like a bit of a sucker punch? It, you know, she's got beautiful kind of lyrics throughout. You know, even like the opening lyric to the album, I was like, oh, okay, this is <laughs> going to be right up my street. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of the songs close out on something which, even if it's been, like the lyric has been sung earlier in the song, it, it it's kind of either reiterated by it closing the track or it's a new phrase that just kind of elevates what is being said throughout the track. Um, one of my favourites is on Alexandria, uh, where she closes the song with the lyric, don't let me touch you if I love you any less than she can, which I kind of didn't properly listen to the first time around. But on the second listen, I was like, oh God, that's actually really, really gutting because the rest of the song talks about kind of kissing this person and, and the kind of almost like the the threat, the underlying threat of, of kissing this person in the a scope of it being a queer relationship so that kind of plea of like don't even let me touch you if I'm lesser than another girl you could be with I'm like god it just adds like an extra layer of, of like yearning and pain um which I feel like you get that quite a lot I think particularly in kind of recent years with things like girl in red and and the like where you get that kind of yearning in a queer sense um I feel like Katie Kirby does something original with the way that she phrases it. And I think particularly the kind of way she closes out songs and the lyrics she chooses, they feel very deliberate. They don't feel like just like, oh, I'm just going to use a phrase because that's 
you know, got a yearning vibe. They, they feel very deliberately chosen. Yeah, towards the end of Alexandria, you get another one of her kind of lyrical quirks on this album, which is she uses that phrase cubic zirconia, which is... I had to look it up, but it's like a kind of <laughs> fake diamond looking synthetic material, basically. Um, and on in here, she's, as far as I'm reading it, she's using it as like to kind of represent her as being, or to represent this idea of like, don't touch me if I could be lesser than like her being the, the fake kind of approximation of this other person who could have loved her better which is like a really nice, interesting way of using like that thing that's been used in different ways previously. And another line in, in that song, actually, um, which I really enjoyed was, I run my thumb through your hair like a stack of $100 bills. I think I'll keep. Um, yeah, it's just, it, the sound of it is really tactile, if you know what I mean. Like you can feel it. And obviously like a stack of $100 bills, like obviously the feeling of it, but also like, yeah, you're, you're worth a lot to me. Speaking of lyrics about money, uh, in the track Cubic Zirconia, uh, there's the, the lines in that first verse, magazine quiz called you apple shape. You look to me like dollar signs. Like, I feel like that it's such a weird way of putting it, but it's, it's so emotion, not emotive. What word am I looking for? Like it puts the image in your head of that situation. And like, I feel like I could see that look just from the line, despite it kind of being completely meaningless. Like, I don't, I don't know how I would describe that, what that line is trying to get across to someone else, but I can see it, you know? Yeah. I think she has a lot of those lyrics where, yeah, like you said, James, as well, there's, there's a tactile quality to the lyrics as well. You're like, God, that just, there's just something about it that feels very real. But in a way where I'm like, I can't really elaborate. <laughs> um, so you get on Salt Crystal, which also has uh, like the repeated reference back to Cubic Zirconia. Um, but you get one of my favorite lyrics, which is, the rhinestones on your baseball cap reminding me of when the salt left crystal on the sunset of your sunburned skin, which I was like, God, it's just like so satisfying to, to kind of hear like that combination of sounds, but also just like as words, it, again, it's that kind of interplay between like the, the rhinestones on your baseball cap, which is a very tactile thing, a very real thing. And then the salt left crystal on the sunset of your sunburned skin, which is that more kind of metaphorical, like fanciful thing, but again is rooted in something real because the salt will leave crystals on your skin if you've you know been swimming in the sea and you come out again and dry just like from the sun. So it it's like things like that where I'm like, oh, it, it just, they're so brilliantly composed, those little moments. Another one I really enjoy, I mean, I could, I noted down so many of the lyrics, I could go on forever. But one that I really loved um, on one of my favourite tracks on the album, which is Wait, Listen. There's the lyric, naked, I look just like a Rembrandt. I hope you're into that. Which, the lyric you pulled out, Will, of um, that kind of apple shape, like magazine telling you you look like an apple. Those kind of references to the body and particularly like the female form and how it's depicted. And I like that kind of contrast between like, magazines particularly I feel like in the noughties I remember growing up it was like are you an apple are you a pear and it's like I'm 
I'm a human. I have a human shaped body. But that was like the big <laughs> thing was what fruity. Um, and so it's, it's kind of that depiction. But then also like the idea of like Rembrandt's depiction and Rembrandt's depiction, particularly of women, was of these kind of more curvaceous figures. And I just liked that there's these kind of little moments of, of touching about how you're perceived and whether that's okay, whether you're allowed to look like the way you look, um, which, yeah, it's just kind of little moments that kind of speak to, I guess, body image and all of those things that are kind of so prevalent, but it's not kind of hammered home. It's, it's just part of the rest of the narrative she's telling. I'm going to quickly rewind back to Cubic Zarconia um, because I, I don't want to mention how it's sung as well. She has this higher tone in this one. She has a higher tone in terms of singing anyway, but th- this one, like, she re- holds it really well without it being annoying, basically. But yeah, it's she's just the control of her vocals were really good here, and she kept it really pretty as well. I en- I enjoyed the metaphor of the zirconia. Like it feels like it feels like she's feeling forced to accept or be in this relationship with this person, or at least she, it, it feels fake, basically. But I love the lyric when she says all of this stuff, but then because I'm still craving that unstable sort of shine. Like, yeah, I, I can see all of these bad things about this, but I'm still craving it it's just like it's a hard hitter really yeah i thought that track was great and i like the sound of it it feels quite familiar i feel like it it kind of has like flashes of sounding a bit vampire weekendy at the beginning and sounding a bit phoebe bridgesy throughout the song but yeah it kind of comes comes together and obviously the lyrics are kind of the the key feature there that make it kind of stand above any other kind of things that might be in a similar vein one track that i really really enjoyed was drop dead which comes towards the middle of the album i felt like just sonically it it gave a bit of reinvigoration to the sound because the first three tracks are kind of get you in and are quite kind of faster and then the following tracks hand to hand james you mentioned it earlier but I, I do really like the sound of that one, but it is a bit slower. And then Wait Listen as well is is more on that side. And then Drop Dead, you get that, the kind of heavy electric piano on the downbeat that kind of brings the energy back up a bit. And I really like uh, lyrically how she seems to be singing about kind of wanting to be kind of spared the hard breakup to kind of preserve her ego, I guess, or preserve her like self image um and the lyrics in the chorus i i just really enjoyed let me drop dead gorgeous let me down quickly tell me when you want me whenever you want me to give up i'll give up on you like i i'd rather just know and be able to kind of say it was my idea so that i can preserve this idea of me being amazing going forward or at least that's how i'm reading it i really like i think that's like an interesting take on kind of your own body image of of it being something that you might want to protect and something that might actually be important and meaningful to you. Yeah, I really like this track as well for for the instrumentation for it sonically. Like it reminded me of 
uh, the Beatles, like 60s rock bands. It was just how how the rhythm came together and that that piano sound and yeah everything the, the harmonies as well the harmonies were yeah were great it felt a bit more like boppy punchy and the general feel and rhythm of it was really great and yeah that that lyric like you just add a comma a comma in there it's like let me drop let me drop dead gorgeous I'm like i feel like that's done deliberately yeah i also really enjoyed this one for yeah all the reasons you've both mentioned i think again that kind of that sonic difference that this one brings with it being kind of yeah like you said punchier i like that it comes pretty much midway through the album as well i feel like that kind of breaks up some of the kind of the slower tempo of, of a lot of the other songs um and i think that works really well in hoping helping the album still feel like it's moving um and yeah again the lyrics in this one are just fantastic again you've both kind of talked about them but i also wanted to kind of mention that there's um in the first verse uh there's the lyric, the current cost of diamonds has the market in a tailspin seems like everyone's decided that synthetics are preferable no matter the price and i was like oh god another reference to cubic zirconia like <laughs> she can't get enough <laughs> um which again i really liked because it is another reference to cubic zirconia but it's not a name drop in the way that it is on other tracks so you still get that kind of through line lyrically um which i think is just really really clever because it gives the album that that cohesion which yeah it's just it's so satisfying to kind of pick out those little moments and go oh yeah and this links to this and that connects to that and i think it's again a, a testament to her songwriting ability and also her kind of care in in crafting the album to to be that cohesive narrative um i think it yeah it's just a another nice little moment i'd be interested to hear what you both thought about the closing track table because in isolation i really really like the song i feel like she's going almost in like a wednesday direction of of a more like straight up indie rock grungy type sound but I don't know how I feel about it, like closing out the album of what's been felt like a much more intimate and kind of breezy sounding affair up to that point, because it it does feel like quite a left turn. I don't know that it necessarily meshes with everything else. I don't know if if when I get into li- into like the album more deeply lyrically, if then I'll think, oh, actually, it ending on this kind of bigger moment makes more sense. But on the first few lessons it it struck me as being a song i really enjoyed but maybe not feeling quite right sitting at, at the end of the album yeah it it was slightly uh unexpected it's a short one as well it's a short like heavier track i, I felt like the maybe this is because we've had like these really clear lyrics throughout the rest um, the rest of the album but i feel like in this track the lyrics were or the vocals were lost a bit in the mix. I might have just gotten used to the clearer lyrics. But yeah, um, it wasn't my favourite. But maybe if it was somewhere else, it might have stood better. It might have not, yeah, been so strange. Yeah, I I do agree that it did feel slightly, I guess, disjointed from the rest of the album. But not to the point where I felt like it didn't belong on it. And I actually quite liked it as a closer because it felt almost like she's she's done this this job of kind of working through 
the idea of, of relationships and queerness and, and that identity and the artificial nature of perceiving people and you know all of those kind of things and then there's this kind of almost exhale at the end of the album which goes okay I've done that now like I've I've said what I needed to say and you have this kind of sound that feels yeah slightly distorted and a bit strange in comparison to the rest of the album particularly like you said with the the rest of the album her, her vocals are very clear but I liked it and I think there's also I mean also, this will be me reading into things because I was raised Catholic but there are kind of bible vibes <laughs> with the idea of preparing a table and and that kind of thing and and feeding the people at the door and and then there's also talk about the wicked and righteous there's also the uh the lyric of give me your tired and poor which I'm assuming is a reference to the poem which at the foot of the statue of liberty which yeah I think it's not like, perhaps like the most obvious call out because again her vocals aren't perhaps the clearest to kind of immediately make you think let me figure out what she's referencing with all of these things but I think for me I kind of really took it as this kind of final exhale of you know there's there's still so much to do to kind of support the people around you whether that be queer people or other people kind of suffering or things like that and it's the idea of kind of almost that biblical thing of like oh well you need to you know help people but then there's that underlying thing of how Christianity can be very skewed and then very it can be the wicked side of it as well like it's not you know as much as it protests to being you know the goodness that's not always the case and I think for me that kind of underlines some of the anxieties you get on other songs particularly about kind of allowing queerness and so I think also that ties in with the production of the track where it is slightly distorted slightly weirder slightly I guess yeah kind of harder to decipher the lyrics really clearly um because to me it felt like this kind of yeah little last a few at the end of kind of having explored a lot of kind of pretty heavy topics if wikipedia is to be believed uh she grew up as an uh she was raised as an evangelical christian in texas where she was homeschooled and primarily listened to worship music so i would imagine yeah that there's that's where the religious themes are coming from because that's a pretty intense that's like that's like christian christian you know what i mean that's not like mild <laughs> i really want to talk about wait listen yeah this one started kind of slow and but it the song kind of grew on me as I listened to it. I really enjoyed the tonal qualities of her vocals, especially when she's singing Wait, Wait, Wait. Um, the song felt really soft and subtle, but was still impactful and in full. Every instrument comes together really nicely. Um, everything is done lightly, like I said, but like just enough. It felt like um, a very light tap on the shoulder, but lyrically the themes are pretty heavy, like describing this experience of cheating on someone um and it's like she wants she wants to confess but she the start the song still feels like it's being held back like she's being held back still yeah it's just that duplicity is it's very interesting and but it's still like a very soft song i want to give a shout out to the lyric good neighbors make good fences from that song 
which I feel like is, I could almost see it like think of being wasted in this context of, of an affair where it's, it's quite clearly like, I don't want people kind of seeing what's going on and I want people to be ignoring me. But I feel like that, that lyric could have a, a lot, like you could read into that a lot more in terms of like, actually people giving you space and letting you live your life and not being too worried about what you're getting on with. But I don't think it really holds that weight in this context. But I just think it's a really nice lyric anyway that could be could be utilized again. So if any songwriters are out there and <laughs> want to to borrow one with with uh maybe a a, a songwriting credit for Kirby <laughs> on on the on the track, reuse that, make it into something else. I also with that lyric initially I don't know why this is where my mind first went, but with the lyric good neighbors make good fences, I thought of like the use of fence to mean like a criminal um and i was like what and then i like listened again and i was like no i don't i don't think that's what she's referring to i think she means like <laughs> a physical fence but i was like hmm, that's a that's a strange like throw in and i was trying to like interpret it and i was like no that, that's just straight up not what she means um but yeah if someone wants to take it and you know take that meaning as well um and go down the criminal route then you know it's open I feel like that could be the tagline for a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, let's wrap up our review by ranking the album. Currently, the album rankings stand as at number four, Sprints with Letter to Self. Number three, Glass Beach with Plastic Death. Spiel by Office Dog at number two. And our number one album so far, Vacations with No Place Like Home. Where would we like to put Blue Raspberry by Katie Kirby? People are pulling strained faces. It's number one, right? I know. I was like, oh, I feel I'm bad. So scared like, to say straight it. up. I'm just yeah, going to yeah. say it. <laughs> I'm like, it is. <laughs> I don't know where my hesitation's coming from. I'm like, it's number one. It I'm is. trying to form sentences and it was just like, number one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of like an eloquent way of like, this is why yeah. I'm going to get number one. But like, it, it's just because it is. Like, <laughs> that's Lips the reason. good. Sound is good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I... I think to to try and give it a bit more justification, <laughs> this album just has a lot more depth than ev anything else we've listened mm. to so far this year. And ultimately, I might end up listening to Vacations more because I think it's it's a more fun listen. And sonically, I think that there are kind of maybe stronger high points. But Blue Raspberry, just thematically, lyrically, is just I don't want to say better made because that seems kind of rude, but like it it's been crafted very carefully as an album and it's enjoyable to listen to as an album and unpick and think about on a level that nothing else we've heard so far i think is yeah i think for me and this is possibly the most pretentious way i could phrase this but it feels like a real gift to have listened to this album <laughs> which yeah, when i thought right. it i was like that's put, that put that on the shrink wrap anyway. a gift to humanity it, it is it is a gift and i'd just like to a thank a mastered podcast <laughs> i'd like to thank katie kirby for the gift <laughs> bit belated for my birthday but i'll allow it because it's so good um but it's in the way that it feels very intimate and confessional so it almost feels this part of me that's like oh i feel like we shouldn't be hearing some of this but it's it's so beautifully done that I'm like, oh gosh, how like special 
you know. Anyway, it's number one. That's the bottom line. Get it well. <laughs> right. Let's get on to upcoming releases then. What's coming out this week you need to know about. First off, Idols are releasing their new album, Tank. T-A-N-G-K. I was quite hopeful for this. Um, after the first single with uh, group vocals from LCD Sound System, apparently they recorded the whole album in Nancy Wang's studio, who's a member of LCD Sound System. So quite hopeful, could be cool. And then the rest of the singles have been disappointing. Um, I've never really been the biggest Idols fan. I didn't get the hype, really. I liked, what was the album? The one with the big pink ball on it. You can go and find it. Um, I liked that and lots of people said it wasn't very good, um, but I didn't really enjoy much of their other stuff. But it seems like... I don't know, they just seem like a bit of an indie fad. And and that's not like a slight on them, because I think they, they've just been doing their own thing this whole time. But for whatever reason, people got really into them. But I think people were getting into them because other people were getting into them in a way. Or maybe it's just like a the Phoebe Bridges situation where loads of people really like her and then more people hear about her and then get mad about it because other people are enjoying themselves and then you get this sense that people have all turned against th- i don't know what's going on anyway uh <laughs> new records out listen to that first single dancer because that's a bop uh, the rest of it who knows um <laughs> that was long-winded and pointless <laughs> next up uh granddaddy are releasing a new album called blue wav um granddaddy indie rock band they've been around for like quarter of a century at this point so yeah it'll be interesting to hear what they're doing these days because it's been quite a while i think since they last released a record since like 2017 i think so like seven years or something next up omni are releasing a new album called souvenir uh the singles have sounded much the same as other omni stuff but maybe the songwriting's made a step forward in a way Omni have like quite a very specific sound with incredibly, I mean, it's, it's angular. That is the way I'd describe it. Everything about their sound is very angular. Finally, Jordan McCamper is releasing a new album called Welcome Home Kid. Elle, were you telling me about Jordan McCamper or was it just Katie? Well, Katie told me, I then listened to him and was like, wow, this slaps. But I, I owe it all to Katie. Well, there we go. I've listened to some of the singles and it sounds pretty good. So could be an interesting one to check out. Right. That's it for upcoming releases. And that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James and Elle, for joining me. Thanks. Thank you. If you like the show, you should subscribe on your podcast service of choice. New episodes come out every Monday, but if you might forget, you can turn on notifications in your podcast app to be reminded. If you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com. Now announce that the album for next week is Phaser by Helando Negro. <laughs>